This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Ministering is the servant of God, the senior pastor of Metamorphosis Christian Center, Pastor Fumi Ashaolu. Remain blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. May you experience the Lord as this and more in the name of Jesus. Amen. It says he's Alagbara, Ologojulo. He's a mighty one. There is nothing impossible for him to do. Amen. Amen. May you know the Lord as a mighty one in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please have your seats. Our Father, we ask that you will speak to us yet again this time. In the name of Jesus, let your word come, O God. Let it come and let it bring deliverance in the name of Jesus. Paint the picture of yourself, of people that have worked with you. Help us to see, help faith to arise in our hearts and help us to move to action in Jesus' name. We ask that our lives be more colorful. Our lives, O God, will have more meaning, more, more direction, will be more intentional. Even as we live our lives in the name of Jesus, bringing glory to you, bringing praise to you all the days of our lives in Jesus' name. Thank you, Spirit of God, because you are here. We celebrate you. We celebrate the work that you do in bringing the world to become flesh in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Can we appreciate kings and priests? Can we put our hands together for them? We celebrate you, we appreciate you, we thank you for how you feed us week in, week out with the word of God. How you remind us of God, remind us of the journey that we are on, remind us of the strength that is made available to us. We celebrate you and we ask that what you make happen for us, the Lord will make happen for you too in Jesus' name. Every day of your life, in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we celebrate the media team also? Before they shut down my mic. <laughs> no, they won't do that. They love God. They are people of God. <laughs> but you know, we don't, we don't celebrate them. We don't know they even came until the mic goes off. That's when you now say, my, my media, media. When everything is going smoothly, just like a, a well-prepared food. You don't know that anybody has put labor into that food. You just be eating and enjoying it. But when the salt goes bad, maybe it's too much. That's when you say, ah, what happened with this food? Amen. May we appreciate things, you know, when they, when they are good, when everything is going smoothly in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we'll go on with um, our study as we look at living by faith. Hebrews 11 gleanings. We are gleaning from, the, from that chapter. We established in the first um, service that um, this chapter is not seriously a chapter about perfect people that always knew how to walk in faith always knew how to walk with God, always confident of God, we realize that that's how, um, you know, that's not what that chapter is about. The chapter is a very marvelous one, but it's making us see that we have men and women of like passions, people that are like you and I, that um, their life journey is one that is mixed. It looks like um, smoke with fire, right? They tell you there is no smoke without fire. You know, those smoke can be, the smoke rather can be likened to maybe unbelief when you doubt and all of that. And then the fire is faith. I'm just using that example. And there are times that, you know, you look into your life and it's as if it's a mixture of that. Some of us even think we don't have faith. You know, someone said, once said to me, for security reason, I will not mention the person's name, 
the person is looking at me, one said to me that I don't know how to walk in faith. As a matter of fact, as I'm asking God to do something for me, I'm already on a plan B. As I'm telling God, do this, the person is already doing, concocting a plan B in case God fails. And she said, see, I, I don't even know what it means to walk in faith, but I'm sure our story is a lot different today. Amen. So some of us might be here and you're like, this faith thing, you know, I, I just happen to, there are times I'm fortunate with it, there are other times I don't even know how I walk into it. You know, as in, it's difficult at times to trust God. Do we think like that? Yeah, it can be difficult truly to trust God. It can be difficult not to trust Him because He's not worthy of trust, but because we don't know how to walk in that place where you trust Him and you are, um, you are, you are blameless, you are not wobbling, where you don't go back some steps and go forward some few steps. You understand where you are completely like God. We, we live here in Jesus' name. It's either we f- float or we float. As in, it can't be any other way. Some of us don't know. Most of us don't know how to do that. At times, we, we, we look like we are sinking, like Peter, and we need to quickly cry out to the Lord, and he will stretch out his hands and, you know, save us before we sink into the, into the waters. And God is not ashamed to be called your God. Amen. He's not ashamed. He's saying, let's just go on on this walk. Let's go on on this relationship. Continue to walk with me. You are learning my ways. You are getting better. Don't give up on yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. Don't think that you don't know. You, you know. You are, getting, you are gaining some ground. You are becoming better. Amen and amen. Amen. All right. So we'll look at Hebrews 11, if I can have it in the NLC. We'll do 2 to 4. Let's just read again verse 2 to verse 4. Verse 2 says, it says, God gave his approval to people in days of old because of their faith. This is the NLC version. It says, God gave his approval. The KJV says, the elders, they received a good report. The NKJV says, the, 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 you see, the elders got a good testimony. And I trust the Lord that with your own faith too, as you learn to walk with the Lord, you also will get a good report. Amen. You will be commended because of your faith. Amen. You will get a good testimony as you go through life in the name of Jesus. Then Ivy says, the ancients were commended for their faith. May you be commended for your faith in Jesus' name. May your children, your grandchildren, you know, grow up and, you know, commend you for the faith of grandma, of grandpa, of mom, of dad in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, some people said, what you hand over to your, to your child, you know, is not only um, the scarf that you use for prayers. You know, the, the work of faith that we go through, it's something that our children, if you are already a parent, your child can see and learn from. It's something that you are handing over to them. It might not look like um, it, it's something physical, but you are handing over something of great importance, of great, um, of great worth and value in the name of Jesus. Um, it says, verse 2 says, because of their faith, these people of old, they end a good reputation. The message translation says, the act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors. It set them above the crowd. Amen. You don't, you want, you don't want to you know, just flow with the crowd, just melt with the crowd. You want to stand out. Faith is not something that is, um, that is, that is, um, available, abundantly available in display in the earth. Amen. What we have is doubts and fears. So when you walk by faith, when you live by faith, when you decide to take a step of faith and trust God, you stand out from the crowd. You are easily distinguished. 
you, you are set above the crowd. And this is what faith does to you and I. Amen. Verse 3 says, it says, By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So we said in the um, earlier service, that faith is something that is not uh, is um, faith is of something that is not intangible, something that that is intangible rather. It brings into play what can now become tangible. You know, it brings the invisible to become visible. It says what we see now, and it's um, a bit easy for you to understand that that the chairs that you are sitting on, the microphone that I have in my hands, all of these things existed in somebody's mind. The same way the Lord the universe to come into being. Amen. You know, all of these things existed in, you know, what somebody had faith that we actually bring about um, a tool that will make, the, will make sound or the voice of someone, you know, um, this is not what amplifies it, right? This is the amplifier. But the microphone projects your voice. It makes it heard um, louder, you know, at the back. You know, somebody sat down and said, we can do cheer. It existed. It, 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 where, where it existed from, uh, in rather, it's invisible. It existed first in somebody's mind. And through faith, through hard work, putting a lot of things together, they brought it into manifestation. And there are several things also that the Lord wants to bring into the earth as you and I collaborate with him. Amen. As we collaborate with the Lord, we see children brought on the face of the earth, Right? Parents get children, and a man, woman, get married, they give birth to children. They knew in their hearts that if we do A, B, C, we can have these results. Amen. So faith is, there are several other things that the Lord also wants to bring to the earth. You know, it might not be difficult for you to say, um, I'm bringing a child on the earth. You know, faith for that, I receive it. Um, faith for business. But there are plenty other things also, you know, that the Lord wants to reveal here on earth. He wants people to see. He wants to give um, flesh to those things. And he wants to do those things through you and I as we learn to trust him and bring, um, you know, bring acts upon our faith. Verse 4. Verse 4 says, um, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. Can we have this on? Thank you. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. And is this verse 4 that we want to just focus on this? No, no, I mean the timer. Thank you. Um, this second service. Um, the message translation of verse 4 says, by an act of faith. And if you read the message translation, that's what you will see. You will see acts of faith. All this, this. By an act of faith, Enoch did this. By an act of faith, Abraham did this. You see that act of faith by acting out in faith. You see, so um, part of what we said we are trusting God for is that you will know what faith is and you will know what faith does. Amen. What you can use faith to do as we look at the lives of these people. He said, uh, message translation, Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. It was what he believed, not what he brought, that made the difference. Of course, what he brought, what he brought mattered. But message translation says it was what he believed. It was faith in his heart. You know, confidence that he had in God moved him to bring a certain kind of offering. Amen? 
He said it was what he believed, not particularly what he brought, that made the difference. That's what God noticed, what he believed. That faith in his heart, that confidence with which he brought what he brought, that was what God noticed and approved as righteous. After these centuries, that belief continues to catch our attention. That's what the message translation says. So, um, this verse 4, we are moving on to look at, um, you know, verse 2 says, by faith. Elders obtained a good report, right? They obtained good testimony. So we are starting out with the first elder, Elder Abel. We want to look at the life of this elder. We want to zero in on his life, zoom in on his life, double-click, right? If you are using a computer, you double-click, and then he opens you up into his life so that we can learn what he did with his own faith, and we can then go ahead to see how can we apply what he did with his faith, how can we apply it to our own lives, also. Amen. So to do that, we'll need to go to Genesis 4, 3 to... Let's do 3 to 7 first. Genesis 4. Talking about um, this family, the first family, they they came before the Lord, brought an offering to the Lord, and there are plenty of things we don't know as we go through this um, Genesis 4, 3 to 6. There are a number of things we don't know as we look through these accounts. It says here, it says, and in the process of time, it came to pass from verse 3. It came to pass uh, that Cain brought an offering to the, of the fruits of the ground to the Lord. Amen. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fats. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry. And his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now, a couple of things we don't understand from this scripture. We don't understand, um, of course, the Bible says somebody brought, um, like, um, um, what you will call produce from his farm like um, plants, right? The other person brought animal. But it was clear here that somebody's offering was accepted. The other person's offering was not accepted. And we, did not, we were not told how they knew their offerings were accepted. But it was, it's very obvious that both of them knew. And maybe their parents, of course, their parents also would have known. This person's offering got accepted. This person's offering did not get accepted. If we look into, um, you know, the scriptures and how offerings were supposed to be um, presented and a proof of how offerings get accepted, you might, maybe if you look at the accounts of Elijah, right, and the prophets of Baal, you have an idea of what it means for an offering to be accepted and what it means for one not to be accepted. But in this scripture, we were not told that light fell. Did I say light? Fire. That fire fell on their offering. We were in sold. But what is clear is that somebody's offering, something happened that we could, people around could know with their physical senses that this offering is being accepted. This one is not being accepted. And then um, um, Abel, no, Cain, became angry that his own was not accepted. We don't understand um, some things, but there are some things that are very clear. I want to believe that and you know, several commentators have said several things. If you, if you research, you will get several things. Some people have told you um, what God wants is a blood animal. Blood must be sacrificed. That is, we can, we can come to that conclusion from the fact that um, Adam and Eve, when they sinned initially, you know how God settled them. 
God came and he brought a covering of um, skin, the skin of an animal to cover them. He made it like clothes for Adam and, um, and um, Eve. And we have reason to believe that that was the first sacrifice that God did in the Garden of Eden. They sinned. They became naked. They were running away from God. And God said, who told you you are naked? God needed to do something about their situation. And the next thing we saw was that the Lord brought skin, animal skin, and he covered them. He made a clothing for them and, you know, covered them instead of the leaves that they were trying to use to cover themselves. So it's possible that Adam and Eve might have sat their children down to talk to them about that experience. You know, that ah, this is not how life used to be in this garden. You know, we used to walk and then till the garden, take care of the garden. And in the cool of the day, God would just come down and fellowship with us. They say, really, mom, you used to listen to God. You used to see God. They say, ah, you people don't know. There's a life that exists that you people don't even know. That, li- that life did not, um, it didn't last. She? It didn't last because of sin. So maybe they told their children that ah, there is a life that we used to live that you people are not aware of. God used to come fellowship with us until we goofed. When we goofed, he now killed um, some animals or an animal and then made a covering from their skin for us. So it's possible that probably they told their, their boys, you know, what happened before. And um, they could have told them, they could have told their boys that this is what we know the Lord did for us. And so in coming to the Lord, you know, bringing offering, this is what the Lord, we don't know, but we can assume. We can just assume that. Abel brought his own. God said, I accept of it. Cain brought his own. God said, no. And in verse 7, God said to Cain, he said, if you do well, will you not be accepted? What does that suggest to you? It suggests to me that it's as if Cain knew he had access to some kind of knowledge that you and I don't have access to because it wasn't recorded for us, that should make him know what God wanted. God is not like our examiners in school that will just come and say, tear a sheet of paper. They've not taught you that. Well. Maybe they entered, you didn't pay attention to them, and they decided to just be mean. They just say, tear a sheet of paper. Is that topic they've not taught us that they will now ask us? God is not like that. He doesn't bring an exam when he hasn't taught you. So I'm, be- I'm believing that for God to have said this verse to Cain, he said, if you do well, will you not be accepted? Doing well was within the capacity of Cain. That's what I believe. Doing well was possible for Cain. He said, but if you do not do well, sin lies at your door. It wasn't even a game over yet for Cain. If you look well, I think it was is it verse 8 or verse 12. The Bible said, and then he went, no, maybe verse 12 or 13. Self. He went out from the presence of the Lord. As in, there was a lot of conversation that happened. Let's see. Then, that's, that's verse 16. He says, then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod and all that. So there, were, there was a lot of conversation that happened between Cain and God, you know, where he was going back and forth. The first thing, or the, well, maybe the only thing that I believe that one can learn, not the only thing, but one strong thing that I believe you can learn from the life of Abel is that faith in you will help you to obey the voice of God. And I'm going to, you know, say some things to us. When I look at the life of Cain and how he argued with God, you know, for me, it was, it was, it was defiance. He wasn't ready to obey. God said in verse 7, if you do well, meaning you had a knowledge, you have knowledge of me, you have knowledge of what it takes to bring an offering before me, that would be acceptable. But you have not, you have not put it to practice. 
you have not done it. And it wasn't even game over for him. God was still saying to him that you still have an opportunity here to remedy this wrong. But what did Cain do? Cain kept arguing with the Lord. And what, you know, there are several things you can learn from Abel. But what I believe the Lord will want me to bring to you this morning is that faith in you helps you to obey God. That we learn from the life of Abel. Contrary to what Cain did. Faith in you will help you to obey God. You will obey his instruction. It's not only about bringing an offering or how the offering should be brought. It will help you to obey God in every aspect of your life. What did Abel, what did Cain do from verse 6 here? Genesis 4 from verse 6. You know, um, he said the Lord did not have respect to his offering. So verse 6. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? If you do well. You know, and Cain did not respond. He didn't say anything. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. But master it. Don't let it master you. The, uh, the Bible says in verse 8 that Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass. And we don't know what he talked with Abel, his brother. You know, that, like I said, there are several things we don't know here. He talked with Abel, his brother. What was he saying? We don't know. Maybe Abel was telling him, and you too. You know, if you have done the way our parents told us, God would have accepted your offering. You know, even now you can still do something. Uh, okay, so you, you think you are correct. Abi, who has now made you my teacher? To be te- we don't know what they talked to. I don't know. Me, I'm just feeling in my own. You know, but eventually he decided to rise up and kill his brother because he didn't want to hear anything of, of what he was saying again. And the Lord came to him again in verse 9. For me, Cain did not have a problem of lack of access to God's voice. That's what I, I came to eventually. His problem was not that God wasn't speaking to him. And that is often our own problem too, you know, our challenge. Let me not call it a problem. It's not that God is not speaking to you. Look at verse 8, no, verse 9, verse 10, verse 15. As in between verses 5 and 15, God spoke to him like four times. Lengthy conversation between him and God. It wasn't, for me, oh, hearing the voice of God is a big deal. Like I told you, the devil knows how to catch me. I'm sure he's hearing me now. With the way to catch me at times, to begin to fidget. And, you know, I believe the Lord is also winning me off that. If I sleep, you know, days, weeks, no, even, it can't be weeks. Okay, it can be weeks because God is God. He can do anything. But truly, I'm not comfortable when I'm not dreaming. Amen. Because I believe it's one of the ways that the Lord speaks to his children. As we read through the word, he speaks to me when I do my devotion. When I listen to music, you know, between... I think Thursday and yesterday, it was this oh my, OMG. Some of you know Ima OMG. That was what I listened to, and man, God spoke to me through the songs. So God speaks to us through, through different things, through people speaking. You watch, you watch, you are seeing something on the TV, the Lord can speak to you. As you go through your um, devotional reading the word, God can speak to you. He speaks to you through dreams, through visions, amen. He allows other people also say things to you. So, so the Lord speaks. And me, I, I'm open to all the avenues through which the Lord speaks to me. I don't want to be cheated out of any. So one of the ways I get easily, easily agitated is if I'm having days and I'm not dreaming and begin to feel like there's something off. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I want to hear the voice of the Lord. It's a major um, privilege. Don't you think so? That the Lord will speak to you, the Lord of heaven and earth, the Almighty God, the Ologodulo, like we put, like we sang, the glorious one, the mighty one, will speak to you. Who are you? The Bible says in um, um, Psalm, that's Psalm two, right? It says, uh, yes, I, I'm not sure. Psalm two or Psalm eight, two eight or eight two. It says, what is man that you are mindful of him? Why are you concerned about man like this? That you will leave the universe and leave everything and come and. Tiny man, do you know how if you, if you draw the, the, in fact, if they draw 
um, if you have a diagram of the whole world, you know that there is you in the diagram. It's true. You are like, um, um, the size is so insignificant, infinitesimal. So the psalmist was, 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 was um, thank you very much, Psalm 8 verse 4, he said, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you will visit him? Who is for me that you will come to her in a dream, and open her ears when her arguers are down, and you will speak wisdom into her, that she will wake up and fellowship with that, with that dream, or with that thing that you have said to her, and her life becomes straightened. Her, her face just brightens up, she just becomes suddenly alive again. Why? Because the Lord of heaven and earth has spoken. His words are powerful. So I, mean, I don't understand why Cain will have this luxury, this privilege, and he will still not make the most use of it. But I can stand here and say I don't understand. That is what some of us also do. Verse 9, then the Lord said, verse, verse 6, we, we heard it was said, that it said, so the Lord said to Cain, verse 6, the Lord said to him. Verse 9, then the Lord said to Cain again, the Lord said something to him. Verse 10, and he said, that is the Lord again, talking to Cain. Verse 15, and the Lord said, so he didn't have a problem with the speakings of God. He didn't have a problem with the voice of God. He had a problem with obeying that word, contrary to what his brother did. His brother and faith, as we see displayed in his brother, enabled him, moved him into a place where he obeyed the voice of God, and he was obedience that faith that pushed him into obedience that got him to be accepted or approved by god whereas cain was not accepted by god so if you have faith one of the things that faith will do for you is to obey god not to argue with god not to use our minds hear the arguments of 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 cain because that's what we see him that's what we see him do here the lord said to him then the lord said to cain where is abel your brother he said i do not know Am I my brother's keeper? He wasn't cooperating. He wasn't ready to listen and, you know, take counsel or take wisdom from God. And he said, what have you done? Blah, blah, blah. You are caused. He went on to say, verse 14, is it? No, verse 13. He said, and Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can hear. Surely you have driven me out from this day from the face of the ground. As in, he just went... He wasn't even looking for hearing what God was saying. He wasn't hearing the heart of God that wanted him not to take that route. God was saying to him that if you do well, you will be accepted. You did not do well, but there's still a chance for you. Sin is crouching at your door. Master it. Don't let this sin you know, master you. But then he was out to just, maybe he wasn't listening to God. He just wanted to say his own. There are times also, you know, you might be here, or maybe you know people, that their issue is not that God does not speak to them. Their issue is that they are not hearing to obey what the Lord is saying. They are out to make excuses, and I pray it is not you. And if it is you, I pray that you also begin to change. Where God is saying to Moses. He said, I want you to go and you'll be a deliverer for my people. They've cried out for me. I've heard their cries. I'm going to use you. Moses rose up and said, God, I don't have a good um, speaking ability. I have speech impediment. You cannot be counting on me. He was bringing arguments and counter arguments. Do we do the same? Yes. Do we need to repent from doing the same? Yes. When the you know, for Cain, I believe he was a religious person. His father, his mother taught him the ways of the Lord. They taught him and his brother. They were told about God. That was why they brought an offering in the first place, right? He did not say, what offering? What offering? We are not giving any offering. He came. So Cain might be someone that comes to church too. He listens. When the word of God is shared, he listens. 
But does he follow through to obey the word? Or does he come up with arguments of why this um, thing that the Lord is saying, this command of the Lord cannot be done in different areas of our life? When the Lord is saying sin is crouching at your door, sin is beckoning at you, do not allow that sin to master you. Are you listening to the Lord? Or you are arguing with the Lord? You are saying to the Lord, Lord, don't worry. I have it covered. I have it under. You know, I have everything taken care of. I won't sleep like that. I'm, I'm watching myself. Is that what we are doing? Or where you are confronted black and white with what the word of, Lord, of the Lord would have you do concerning a particular situation, you still want to go, to, go your own way. You want to go your own way. You want to look for how to twist hands. How to say, is it not possible? You know that's what... Um, no, no, security reason. <laughs> Lawyers. You know that's some of the things they do at times. Because you have somebody that has murdered someone. Then you have a, 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 you know, someone that is saying we're accusing him. Does it surprise you that we have someone that is defending him? It doesn't surprise you, Shay. Because it should surprise us now. We said somebody has murdered somebody. So, or somebody has stolen. And they will, you still have somebody that will be coming on his behalf and saying, whatever, plead not guilty. As in, we, we are thinking it's not, it can't be possible. You, it's obvious that you have done something wrong. But that is how some of us do. We look for how to look for loopholes. That God, this thing you have asked us to do, is there not a way we can, you know, circumvent it? Is there not a way that we can go without doing it? Just, you know, take the back door. That's what some of, some of us are like, those lawyers. They'll be saying, please not guilty you, even though you are doing what God has said not to be done. So for Cain, he, had, he did not have faith that would move him to obey God. But what we learn from the life of his brother, it might not be spelled out for us here. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 15, I believe, 1 Samuel 15, it talks about um, the acceptable sacrifice, the sacrifice that the Lord accepts. Why is that now? It's 1 Samuel 15, is it 27? Please give me 27, let's see. 1 Samuel 15, 27. Mm, okay, it's not, it's 22. 1 Samuel 15, 22. Okay, but Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? He's asking, what is more pleasing? Is it your bond's offerings and sacrifices or obedience to his voice? It wasn't because Cain also brought, bonds, or he brought, he brought an offering, he brought a sacrifice to the Lord. But obedience, faith in Abel moved him to bring a sacrifice in accordance to the will of God. That's all we can deduce. And he became acceptable to God. The Lord accepted the offering he brought because he brought something that pleased the Lord. The faith in him made him to obey God. And we see in his brother that he did not have the kind of faith that would make him to obey God. Rather, he was out to make excuses. He was out to say other things. You know, he wasn't looking in the direction that God was looking. He was look, look, looking at obedience. When the Lord was saying to him, you know what it is to bring an offering that is acceptable to me, but you are still not bringing it. And he still did not bring it because faith, he did not have the kind of faith that was obedient to the voice of God. We learn from Abel here that our faith should move us to obedience. Amen. It should move us to obedience, to obey God in all circumstances of life. Amen. So that's one thing that, from, um, that we learned from Abel. And um, 
I would want to just say to I want to say to us what can what application can the, what application can you have in this? Your faith must move you to obey God. That's the first application for you. Your faith must move. It's not the Bible says we should not just be hearers of the word, but we should be doers. Be doers. Whatever it is that we are learning and we are not practicing, as far as God is concerned, that thing hasn't produced faith inside you. If it produces faith, it will move you to obey. You will not just know it. Cain knew that he was supposed to bring an offering, but he did not bring what is acceptable, meaning he did not obey God the way he did. There was no full obedience in the kind of offering that the Lord had told them through their parents who believe they should bring to him. Amen. So go beyond just hearing. Your faith must move you to obey. It is not about just hearing. It is about obeying the Lord. Verse 16 says here that he moved out of the presence of the Lord. He was still in the presence of the Lord. All that back and forth that he was doing, argument with the Lord that he was doing, the mercy of God was still there. He was still in the presence of the Lord until he moved out in verse 16. He says, and he went out from the presence of the Lord. Amen. So I want you to, I want you to ask yourself, am I, really, am I um, hearing or am I listening to God? When you listen, when you listen intensely, you will be moved to obey. You just don't want to hear. The scripture says to us, do not be hearers alone, but be doers of the word. You want to be doer of the word of God. So when the Lord is saying sin is, 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 um, is telling you, when the Lord is saying to you sin is telling you, you want to also you know, pay attention and say, what is the Lord saying? What can I do about this? Not just leave it, because I don't know what Cain did. When the Lord said to him that sin is you know, knocking at your door, I don't know if he just heard that sentence and went on. Because if he had examined himself, his reaction or his um, um, response should have been different, right? So I don't even know what he did with that sentence. So you want to ask yourself, it's easy to hear, but are you listening? Are you obeying? Are you, are you, are you bringing forth commensurable action through what you are hearing? Amen. What we also see in this story, um, verse what is that? That faith, wanted, or Cain wanted to silence the voice of faith as displayed in his brother. And you and I shouldn't be surprised also when you take an act, or a, an act of faith or you step out to do what you believe God wants you to do and then all of a sudden, that if all hell broke loose. We have an example in Abel, right? In fact, when we look at the life of Abel, you realize Abel, I'm sure, of course, it was the first, it was the first mother that was recorded, right? It was the first person that died, even though it wasn't natural death. And then he obeyed God. You don't expect that somebody that obeyed God, what he should meet, you know, what should be the result of it is untimely death, right? But you should just know that at times when we move in faith, you get, you provoke other people, either to jealousy, to anger, you know, like that. So don't be confused. Don't be, don't be confused when that happens. Don't just throw everything down and say, you know, I, I won't do this again. It's normal or it can happen. It might not be normal, but it can happen because we see it in the life of Abel. He did the correct thing and the next thing was his brother was looking for how to silence him, how to get rid of him, how to kill him, and he succeeded at doing it. So for you also, there might be provoc- people might become provoked, people might become jealous. You know, um, the Bible says, because of the word that was given, there arose also what? Temptation. Problems arose. We remember the, the parable of the, of the, of the, she the seeds, 
parable of the seeds, you know, where you have good seeds and bad seeds. No, no, you have good seeds, rather, sown on bad soils, different soils. So you have at times, you step out in faith to do what you believe God has asked you to do, and it doesn't look like um, everybody is cheering you on. Everybody is saying, giving you a pat at the back and saying you have done well. Some people, you know, for people that are in offices, you know, a lot of politics go on in the office, Abby. I know Christians face a lot of things in different offices. But you need to know that it's not, it's not something that is unusual. If you happen to take a right step and it's as if all else is breaking loose, brace up. Brace up. God is for you. You won't go down with it, but don't be ignorant that that can happen. Amen. Don't be ignorant that that can happen. So I just want you to learn those two things. And the last thing will be the fact that um, what Abel did, the, the, the um, sacrifice that he brought, the Bible says he brought the sacrifice of the firstborn of his lamb, or of his flock, rather, right? He did something that typified, he did something that, in my opinion, you know, um, is a shadow of what Jesus was supposed to come and do for you and I. Earlier on in first service, I said to us that we are justified. You know, this sacrifice that Abel gave is like a shadow, an example of what Jesus will come and do for you and I, which he already did. And by that sacrifice that became acceptable before God, you and I have become what? Justified. By that sacrifice, you and I are being called to live a life of faith. Amen. So we see what um, the, the scripture says concerning um, Abel here, that even though he is dead, he is yet speaking to you and I. Amen. He is speaking to centuries. You know, a comment, somebody said, um, somebody that could not teach his brother when he was alive is ending up through the action of faith that he displayed is ending up right now teaching the whole world teaching centuries and in his death do you understand that that is talking about abel the sacrifice he brought the scripture says became acceptable he typified he, 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 did, he, he stood as a, the offering he gave is like a shadow of what Jesus would come and give. It was as if he prophesied. I can't even remember if a portion of the scripture talked about him. No, no, it was Enoch that prophesied. But for him, it was as if Abel also was giving a prophecy, telling us what will happen afterwards, giving us a foretaste or a, a, a shadow of what Jesus will come and do later on, that Jesus will come and he will offer himself as a living sacrifice and will be acceptable. The Lord has a the Father has accepted the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. And on the premise of that, you and I have become righteous. We have become holy. We have become just. And the Lord has called you to live a life of faith. This person that could not preach to his brother when he was here, right now in his death, is preaching to you and I because of this display of faith that he had. I want you to just, you know, I bring the meeting to a close now. You know, very simple lessons from the life of Abel, but these are things I want you to take, you know, take home. These are things I want you to put in your heart. I want you to ask the Lord, you know, your prayers would be, Lord, help me, that I will not just hear you. I don't want to just be hearers of your word. I don't want to be an error of your word, but I want to be a doer of it. I want, to, I want to be moved to obey you. The Lord Jesus said, if you love me, then you will obey. You will obey. Obedience is what the Lord looks at, not what you know. Several people know a lot of things, but they are doing contrary to what they know. Ask that the Lord will help you, that you will not punish knowledge. 
you know, on the, on the platform or the altar of, um, of, of um, you know, non-compliance or, non or, or disobedience in the name of Jesus. Pray that the Lord will help you to be obedient to the heavenly vision, obedient to the voice of the Lord as he speaks to you. I tell you, the Lord is faithful. He usually will come to you. He usually will speak to you. His voice will be heard. You know, the Bible says early in the morning, you know, you will hear it. God is faithful. He will speak to you in your heart. The Holy Spirit is around you. The Lord sensitizes you. He brings people to you. Pray that the Lord will help you to be obedient even as you hear his voice in the name of Jesus. Constantly in the, um, the message translation, you will hear by an act of faith. Pray that the Lord will help you to put your faith into action in the name of Jesus. You know, James was saying, show me your faith that is, that is dead by, by inactivity, by no action, by no obedience and I will show you mine that is alive. Pray that the Lord will help you that your faith will always be alive as the Lord speaks to you. The Lord Jesus said, blessed is he who has not seen but has believed. Ask that the Lord will help you, that you will step out in faith. A whole lot of excitement, beautiful life is awaiting you. There are a lot of things the Lord wants to do. He's just waiting for us, his children, to trust him enough, to be bold enough, to step out in faith much more. Pray that the Lord will help you as we go into this week, that as you hear the Lord, you will, you, you will be stirred up in your heart to act in the name of Jesus. Pray also that you will not be silenced in Jesus' name. When you are in, a, in, in an environment where there is competition, where there is jealousy, where people are provoked because you are living by faith or you are trusting your God, pray that the Lord will help you in the name of Jesus, that you will stay resolute. You will not shrink back because of some people. You don't have to dim your light. You don't have to dim your light. At times when you step out and you are bold to do those things, it can actually stir other people up. It can give inspiration to some other people. It can give Give license to several other people to do what they are supposed to do. Pray that the Lord will help you, that you will not be silenced, even as, as Abel was silenced, you will not be intimidated by that fear of somebody will get jealous, somebody will get provoked to anger in the name of Jesus, that you will be more interested in pleasing your father, in putting smile on his face in the name of Jesus. Pray for yourself in the name of Jesus. And lastly, I want you to just go ahead and say, Lord, I accept that I, I believe that I'm accepted accepted in the beloved. I take it that I am, the, I am just, I am righteous. Help me to live in this consciousness as I go into this week in the name of Jesus, that you will silence the voice of the enemy that wants to say to you that not accepted, that you need to go some days, maybe fasting, praying, reading the scriptures before you can come clean before the Lord. I want you to pray that the Lord will help you, that you will live in that consciousness, that you are accepted in the beloved. You will live in that consciousness that you have been justified by the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. As Abel's sacrifice was accepted, the Lord's sacrifice has been accepted. The Father has accepted Jesus' you know, payment. It's the penalty he paid on your behalf has been accepted. And as you you are right now. It's not depending on what you are going to do or what you will not do. As you are right now, you are righteous. You are just in the name of Jesus. The Lord Jesus said, come before the Father and ask anything in my name. It will be given to you. Go, do not saying that you are not worthy. Appear before him, not saying, oh God, I am a wretched, you know, wretched sinner. No, the Lord Jesus already justified you. Pray that the Lord will help you to stand in that reality this week in the name of Jesus. That you will not run back into that place when you
you are thinking, you know, you need to be washed again by the blood. Jesus has washed you with his blood. You stand secured. You stand justified before the Father. You stand loved and accepted. And you are, you, 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 it's, it's okay for you to move out in faith. It's okay for you to trust the Lord. It's okay for you to have confidence that he will come through for you for all the things or in all the things that he has spoken to you, that he has promised you in the name of Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, we bless your name this afternoon. We thank you for bringing your word to us. Thank you for the example that we see in the life of Abel. Lord, we pray that all through this week and beyond, O oh God, we ask that you help us to remember that our faith will always move us, not only into hearing, but into obeying you. This is what we have learned all our lives. You are reminding us of it again today, that obedience is the real deal. That is what you desire. That is what you want. That will be moved through our faith to obey you. Lord, I ask for everyone in here, Lord, I receive capacity for obedience for every one of us in the name of Jesus. I receive capacity also not to be intimidated by anyone that will be angered, offended because we are living, we are living our lives in accordance to your will because we are living boldly. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that faith will arise, confidence will arise to live as you have ordained us to live and not to be thinking of dimming our light or not being as, um, as excited as we ought to be because of some people. Help us in the name of Jesus that our lives, like the word says here, that the elders of old, they got a good testimony. They got a good Reports. Help us also to get good reports. Let testimonies be written, be said, be shared about us from our day-to-day -day living, stepping out in faith to obey you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we are grateful for the blood sacrifice, grateful for the, 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 the body of Christ that was given for us. Thank you, Lord, for accepting his sacrifice for us. We just bring it to heart again this day to say thank you to you. Thank you that we are accepted in the beloved and we pray that we will not live below your expectation of us in the name of Jesus. Help us to always remember that Jesus has paid the price in full. Help us, O oh God, to live from that reality in the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.